Hey, uh, good morning, uh, everybody, and uh, welcome to River Glen. So good to be with you. How's everybody feeling this morning? You feeling good? Rested? Yeah, extra hour of sleep's pretty nice, isn't it? Uh, big welcome to everybody here in uh, Waukesha. Welcome to everybody in Pewaukee, and to all of the, all of you joining us uh, online. I wanted to let you know. Last Sunday, I had the opportunity for the first time to attend service over at uh, the Pewaukee uh, campus, and wow. I was just so impressed and encouraged, got to meet several new people and just love uh, what God's doing in, in Pewaukee. It's just so exciting and I'm just really grateful for uh, your partnership and support to make all of it possible. Also enjoyed uh, Steve Larson's message last weekend. If you missed it, you can always go back online and uh, pick that up or uh, any of the other messages uh, from this series as well. By the way, next weekend we're going to launch a new series called my big, Me and My Big Fat Mouth. We're going to look at some scriptures that, uh, that talk to us about the power of words uh, for good uh, or bad. And uh, it's going to be a great series. Don't miss it. It'll be a good, be a good uh, weekend to invite somebody to come along uh, with you. So today we're going to wrap up uh, Fixer Upper. If you've been around the last few weeks, you know we've been talking about uh, renewing, uh, repurposing, and uh, rebuilding our re- relationships. And the reason we think this is so, so important is because a couple thousand years ago, somebody asked Jesus, what's the most important command? And he said, number one, love uh, the Lord your God. And then he said, the number two command is to love your neighbor, to love others. Jesus says that uh, life is all about relationships. It's about loving God and loving other people. If you really think about it, imagine 100 years from now, okay? The only thing that's going to matter is how you lived out this scripture right here. It doesn't matter if you're you know, 16 right now or 26 or 36 or 56 or, or, or 76. 100 years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is how you loved God and how you loved other, other people. And so I want to just dive deeper into relationships today. As, I, as we wrap, wrap up Fixer Upper, I want to talk about the security system. And to uh, get us all thinking in the same direction, I want to ask you a question. Here's the question. Have you ever lived in a house with a home security system? And if you have, would you just say the word yep? Say yep out loud. Yeah, yeah, several of you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, and if you've lived in a house with a security system, you know, you probably had the sign in the, in the front yard, maybe look something like that. And maybe on the inside you had the uh, keypad, like that right there, uh, or you may have had some stickers in, in the window. I was, I was talking to my wife a few weeks ago about this series and about this weekend and security systems. And she let me know, I think I've mentioned this before, we moved into this new house about 15 months ago. And she let me know that at one time, we had a security system uh, in this house because we've got one of these stickers. She showed me the sticker in the uh, window. It just came, it just came with the uh, house. But we don't actually have the security system hooked up. Uh, or activated. You know, we never paid the money to, to get it activated and, and monitored. We just have a sticker in the uh, window. And so we, just, we choose to basically to live with a false sense of security in our house. Yeah, we hope the sticker scares them away. And, uh, you know, many people do this. I didn't know this, but you can actually buy these stickers. You can buy an eight-pack for $7.99. And uh, you can buy some fake security cameras. Walmart's got a four-pack. 2195. They don't do anything. Supposedly, they deter uh, criminals. Many people live with a false sense of security. Now, I bring this up because I think it happens many times in our lives. 
and in our relationships. The Bible even talks about it. Take a look at this scripture in Proverbs. It says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Back in Bible times, they would build walls, stone walls around the city, around their homes, and that's how they would give themselves a security system, like we put digital walls or electronic walls around our homes today. And the scripture says that without self-control, a person is like a city with broken down walls, or like somebody with a, with a security sticker, a security system sticker in their, in their window, but they never install or activate a system. And so here's what I want to do today as we wrap up this series. I want us to construct some guardrails in our lives. And whether you're a married person or a, a single person, I'm going to speak to both groups at, at, at different times about constructing guardrails in our lives. But first, I want you to understand something about guardrails. Now, we've all seen guardrails, right? I mean, you see them all over the road. And I want to tell you something about guardrails. And you probably know this is true deep down, but maybe you've never really thought it through this way. And here's what I want to tell you. We place guardrails in safe areas to keep us out of dangerous areas. I mean, we place guardrails in safe areas. If you wanted to, you could drive where the guardrail is. I mean, it's right there. By the, by the road, but we place a guardrail in a safe area to keep us out of a dangerous area because we know it would be better to actually bump into the guardrail and even do a little bit of damage, do some damage than it would be to go over the edge and bring destruction to our vehicle, to ourselves, and, and to our, our family. And so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to begin to talk about some guardrails that we could have in our lives and in our relationships. Here's a definition of what a relational guardrail is. Guardrails are practical ways that we can guard and grow our love. This is a, a relational guardrail. It's a way, a practical way that we can guard and grow our, our, our love. Now, before we dive into a scripture, I want to say something else up front because I would guess that some of us, some of us have been in a, in a relationship, maybe a dating relationship, or maybe an engagement, and we made a mistake. We did something that we regret, and we're no longer in that relationship. Or maybe you're in a marriage right now, and it's on the rocks. Or maybe you were in a marriage, and it didn't survive. And I want you to know something. I just want to be clear about something up front. My goal today is not to make you feel bad about your past. My goal is to make you feel hopeful about your future. I don't want you to feel helpless. I want you to feel hopeful as we construct some of these guardrails and talk about these security systems that we can put in our relational lives. And so if you have a Bible with you, however you locate Scripture, maybe it's on your smartphone, or maybe you want to use the one in the chair back in front of you, I want to invite you to open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter. Six. We're going to study this uh, scripture for a moment because this scripture, it's like the equivalent of a security system. It's like putting guardrails around our relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start with verse 18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And uh, we discover a couple 
several really important truths in this scripture. I mean, we could do a whole series on this section of scripture right here. There's a lot here. For example, it says your, your bodies are, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? God lives in you. God dwells in you through the Holy Spirit. And then you were bought at a price. Christ, Jesus paid for you. Jesus, Jesus gave his life to redeem you. He went to the cross. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And uh, we could talk much more in depth about all those teachings. There's some great teachings in that section of Scripture. But here's what I want to focus on today. All that we really need to construct guardrails in our, in our lives and to put up a, a security system are the first four words. I want, I want everybody at, at both campuses, would you say this, this word flee? Would you say this word out loud with me? Flee. Okay, that was a little weak. All right, let's, let's try that one more time on the count of three. One, two, three. Flee. Yeah. Notice, notice the scripture says flee from sexual immorality. It doesn't say flirt with sexual immorality. And here's something I know about all of you in this room. I may not know you personally. You may not know me personally, but I know something about everybody in this room related to this uh, scripture, this verse right here. Ladies, this is what you want your husband to do, right, if, if you're married. Uh, men, this is what you want your, your wife to do if, if you're married to her. If you have kids, this is what you want your kids to do. If you have grandkids, this is what you want your grandchildren to do. This is what we want everybody around us to do. This is a good, this is a good idea right here. For, for other people, right? I know this is the security system that I want around all the people that, that I love. But I'm not really sure I need this in, in, in my life. Sometimes in our culture, we think, you know, I can flirt a little bit with things. I don't need to flee from things. We, we wonder, you know, I wonder how close I can get to the line without, without going over. You know, I wonder, you know, what, what, what can I look at? What can I, what can I watch? Where can I go? And still be okay. For example, not all of you do this, but, but many people in our culture do this. Many people, here's what we do. We entertain ourselves with affairs. You know, we watch uh, TV shows and movies and read books and magazines with affairs. I mean, I mean, think about it. When was the last time in a movie or on a TV show you saw an intimate scene, an intimate sexual scene with a husband and a wife? Right? Not very often. Not very often. But here's what we do in our culture. We entertain ourselves with affairs, and then when somebody actually has one, we're shocked. We're like, what? How did they ever come up with that? Why would they do that? We act completely shocked when somebody actually has one. I've heard it described this way. Our culture baits us to the edge of moral disaster and then mocks us when we step over the line. This is what happens in our lives for single people and for married people. Our culture baits us right up to the line of of moral disaster. And and that's why we need to talk about this. And that's why we need to put up some guardrails uh, for our our lives. Now, these ideas that I'm going to share with you, these are are very specific and they're, they're very practical things that we can do in our lives. And I've got five recommendations for married couples. And I've got four recommendations for single people. And here's what I want you to know before we dive into these. I don't have a chapter and a verse for each one of these. But these are biblically based and biblically supported. And they come from the many years that I've spent working with students and single people and married people who decided to flirt rather than flee from sexually charged 
situations. And so the first group that I want to talk to is married people. And uh, yeah, I, I want to encourage you to take out the outline if you want to take notes on these uh, recommendations. You can write them down. If you don't want to write them down, maybe your spouse uh, will write them down uh, for you. And then at the end, they can have you sign. We've got a signature line here on the, uh, I'm kidding, we don't have a signature. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Uh, there, these are some ways that you can guard and protect your love. Very first one for married people, don't travel alone with people of the opposite sex. Just don't travel alone with them. This is a guardrail in my life. And maybe some of you are, 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 are wondering, Ben, ben are, are, are you saying it's completely out of bounds for you to travel with, with, with a female in your car? No, it's not completely out of, out of bounds. It's not a sin to do that. But remember, a guardrail is something that you put in a safe area to keep you out of a dangerous area. And so, and so I don't do it, and I would uh, recommend if you're married, don't travel alone with someone of, of the opposite sex in a, in a car, unless, of course, it's your spouse, and then all of these would be okay. Here's a second one. Don't eat alone with people of the opposite sex. Don't, don't, don't eat alone with people of the opposite sex, because eating together can create closeness. Eating together can be an intimate thing, because here's what happens. It starts out with coffee. And uh, sometimes coffee can become lunch, and uh, you know what happens with lunch? Sometimes lunch becomes dinner, and then what do we do after dinner? Sometimes we go back to his house, we go back to her house, or back to the hotel, or, or something like that, because eating together can be very intimate. Now, I, I know that may sound extreme to some of you, but I'm telling you, many people have gone out of bounds from their marriage. And they can trace it back and say, it all kind of started when she and I, or when he and I, when we started meeting for coffee. We started having lunch together because eating together is an intimate thing. And so here's my recommendation. Don't catch yourself eating alone with a person of the opposite sex. And if you do, figure out a way to step out of it. And if you, and if you can't step out of it or uh, avoid it, let your, let your spouse know that you're eating with, with someone, or bring someone with you so that you're not alone. Here's the third one. Don't have private meetings with people of the opposite sex. This is for married people. Don't have meetings, don't have private meetings with, with people of the opposite sex. And I know some of you right now are thinking, okay, time up, Ben. You don't understand. I mean, I, I've got to do this. It's part of my job. I'm a supervisor. I've got males and I've got females all around me. I've got to do this. And I would say to you, that's fine. You know, I have to do this on a regular basis, too. As a, as a pastor, I mean, I meet with all kinds of, of people. But here's what I would recommend. Don't have these meetings in a private place where no one can see you. Have them in a public place. Or if you have an office with windows, make sure the, the shades are up, the blinds are open. Uh, several years ago, before we had a, had a building, we rented some office space in Waukesha, and we were, in, we were in the lower levels, kind of like a basement level of this office building, and there were hardly any windows. I didn't have any windows in my office, but we had access to a conference room with glass walls, and, and that's where I would meet with people. I'm just saying, put up a guardrail in a safe place to keep you out of a dangerous place or out of speculation or anything like that in your, in your life or in your marriage. Here's another recommendation, and I know some of you are not going to like this one. But don't be Facebook friends 
with former boyfriends or girlfriends. Don't be Facebook friends with former girlfriends or, or boyfriends. And uh, some of you are like, seriously? Come on. I mean, 1 Corinthians, flee from sexual immorality. I get that. That's fine. But what does Facebook have to do with any of this? I, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. I can handle being friends on, on Facebook. This is fine. And if you go back and forth in your mind about this, maybe it's not a big deal. I'm not saying this is a sin. But remember what a guardrail is in our world and in your life. It's putting something in a safe zone to keep you out of a dangerous zone. Now, I love uh, many things about social media, but you can begin to follow uh, you know, an old boyfriend or girlfriend on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or other social media platforms, and all of a sudden it begins to rekindle some things, and all of a sudden you're messaging and, and private messaging, and all of a sudden you enter this danger zone. I came across an interesting statistic. In divorce cases that involve extramarital affairs, 20% of those divorce cases have the word Facebook in the paperwork somewhere, somewhere in the filing paperwork. I'm just saying it might not be wise to be friends with them or with someone else who might be a temptation in social media with Facebook and other things like that. Here's the last one for uh, married people. When you feel your heart drifting towards someone, tell someone. And I know this probably seems like a heavy topic, a heavy message for ending, wrapping up, uh, fixer-upper. But I'm sharing this today because I care about you. And I want you to be able to protect and grow your love and your relationships. The truth is good people, good Christian people, we have hearts that have a tendency to drift. And if this happens, I don't want you to feel bad about it. I want you to understand something about your heart. Your, your heart, my heart, are, are just full of emotion and our hearts, they just tend to drift in other directions. And maybe they drift toward another person. Our hearts can drift toward a car, an RV, a motorcycle, clothes, a computer. Sometimes my heart drifts towards pizza. I mean, our hearts just do that. They get pulled in, in different directions. It's heart, part of being human. I don't want you to feel bad, but I do want you to be smart. That's why God gave us a brain. That's why God gave us a, a brain to begin to think and put some guardrails and some safety nets and some security systems in our lives. And I'm just saying, if your heart begins to drift towards someone, your heart begins to lean towards someone, maybe somebody in your life, maybe somebody from your past, tell someone. And I know sometimes that can't be your spouse, but find someone that you can go and talk to, someone who will pray with you, someone that you can talk to regularly. Use your mind to put up a guardrail around your heart and pull it back toward the commitments that you've made. And so I would recommend these five guardrails for uh, married people, and, uh, uh, and, and that's all I have for uh, married people. And uh, so married people, you know, you're off the hook, okay? You can go home if you want to head out. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're going to want to stay, and you're going to want to hear the rest of this for single people, because I think you're going to want to share this with some single people in your life. So for single people, here's your first one. Apply all the married people guidelines to all the married people in your life. Apply all the married people guidelines to all the married people in your life. So don't travel alone with a married person. Don't eat alone with a married person. Don't have private meetings or private counseling 
with a, with a married man or a married woman. Apply all the married people guidelines to the married people in your life. Have that respect toward them and their relationships. Don't be the temptation that they're trying to flee. Here's another recommendation. Here's a second recommendation for uh, single people. No sleepovers. No sleepovers. Uh, kids, children love sleepovers. When, when our kids were little, they really enjoyed sleepovers. Typically, kids, kids do that. But this is another good guardrail for single people. No sleepovers. Just declare it this weekend uh, while, while you're here at River Glen. I know, I know your heart later on might not want it, but declare it in your mind today to put this protection around your heart and around your life. Just no sleepovers. But I can imagine some of you pushing back right now and uh, having an argument with me right now in your head. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going, Ben, this is not a big deal. He slept on the couch. I slept in my bedroom. Okay? He slept on the couch. My bedroom is clear across the place. I've got a door on my bedroom, okay? And, and, uh, and he's on the couch, and it's not a big deal. And it may not feel like a big deal, but I'm telling you, it's wise to put a guardrail in a safe place to keep you out of a dangerous place. Him on the couch, you in the bedroom, can lead to a place that, that one day you'll regret. And so I'm telling you this so that you can make an advanced decision right now that, you know, I don't care you know, how, how uh, late it is, I'm, I'm taking her home. I'm driving her home. I don't care what the scenario is. If I have to Uber, I am going to Uber him home. That's where he's going to go. I mean, think about how many regrets that we have in our lives that we could have avoided. Could have avoided if we would have had just some guardrails. And I know we're not perfect with this. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm just talking about being smart and thinking this through and honoring these different relationships in our lives. And so single people, no sleepovers. And then third recommendation, use site-blocking software on your uh, computer or smartphone or, or tablet. And uh, this is for anyone. This is for married people. Uh, I would encourage uh, anyone, if you use an electronic device, to have site-blocking software on it so that you just can't look at whatever you want whenever you want. There's some great software that I would uh, recommend. It's called X3 Watch. And if you've ever seen this, it not only blocks you from going to certain sites, it, it allows you to have an accountability partner so that when you go to one of these sites within the parameter, it lets your accountability partner know. I've got this in my life. It's called X3 Watch, and it's from a group called X Church. And I would encourage all of you, single and married as well, it's an incredibly difficult world that we have to navigate with all the content that is out there. And I would encourage you in this way. And the reason I share number three is so that I can also share one more with single people. This one's related to it. Number four, your desire to read or look at explicit material will not go away when you get married. You know, I bring this up because I think we can, we can uh, use this to justify stepping over some guardrails. But I want you to know, single people, that any kind of explicit material or desire for pornography, it doesn't just go away after you get married. I don't know of any research or study that says after you say I do, 
that uh, this desire for explicit material goes away. It just doesn't happen that way. It doesn't work that way. And, and so why not begin to build some of these guardrails now? I think it's important because some of the most detrimental effects of explicit material in our lives shows up and comes out after we get married. One of these detrimental effects of explicit material from our single years that can carry over into our married years oftentimes is unfair and unhealthy comparisons. And this applies to men and women. When we've exposed ourselves to so much of it online, in books, in movies, there is unfair and unhealthy comparisons, and we are less captivated by our spouse. And so I just want to challenge you, if you're single, to fight for purity in your life. I want to challenge you with this. Every time you say no to explicit material, you're saying yes to your future husband, your future wife. Every time you say no to explicit material, you're saying yes to your future spouse. Here's what you're saying to your future spouse. I will refuse to build a library in my mind that one day you'll be compared to. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to construct a guardrail. I'm not going to allow all kinds of images to permeate my mind that one day will diminish you. I'm not going to do that, and, and I'm not going to practice all this with other people. You're saying, I will enter marriage passionate and pure and a little bit naive. Now, I know the culture, our culture tells us the opposite. Our culture tells us that you need experience and knowledge. Culture says knowledge and experience leads to intimacy, greater intimacy. And I would say that's totally untrue. That is, that is completely false. Exclusivity and purity lead to greater intimacy. Every time you say no, you're saying yes to your future spouse. And so I would recommend these guardrails for married people and single people. And I know, and I know some of you right now are probably, probably thinking, come on, Ben, close this down, wrap it up. This is so extreme. You're saying I can't eat with certain people. I can't travel alone with certain people. I can't even be friends with everybody I want to be friends with. On, on Facebook, or you're thinking, no sleepovers? You know, if I wasn't here today, I could still be having sleepovers. Now I can't have uh, sleepovers. This is a bad Sunday to come to church. <laughs> but please remember something. These are guardrails that you put in a safe place to keep you out of a dangerous place. Because here's what I know for many years of, of ministry. I know that, that any of us can pretty much recover from a financial disaster. I mean, you can make some poor financial decisions. You can spend all your money. You can go bankrupt. I don't recommend it. But you can do those things, and with some time and some discipline, you can recover. And any of us can pretty much recover from an educational disaster. You can drop out of high school and college. But if you want to, if you've got the time, if you, if you want to put forth the effort, you can go back and you can finish those degrees. Any one of us can pretty much recover from a professional disaster. Maybe you make poor decisions at work and you get fired. Maybe you get laid off when your company downsizes. But you know what? You can go and you can find another job. But when it comes to our relational lives, when it comes to dating and marriage and intimacy, if we don't put up some guardrails and activate some security systems in our lives, a lot of times we go out of bounds and we pay an enormous price 
And sometimes it's really difficult to recover. Sometimes we never fully recover. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. Here's the next step today if you're taking notes. Here's what I, here's what I want to ask you to do. Decide to flee rather than flirt when temptation comes along. Again, this is not about, you know, making you feel bad about your past. This is about making you feel hopeful about your future. This is about starting today and moving forward into a better future. So, so what do you need to do in your life today as a single person, as a married person? Decide today to use your mind and put up some guardrails around your heart, around your, your, your life. Decide today to activate this security system so that you can guard and grow your love and your relationships. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have today and, and on a regular basis to gather here each week and to come in here and, and to sing songs, beautiful songs, and worship you and, and give you our heart. God, we give you access to our heart and our mind and our emotions. God, we thank you for your word, and, and I pray that you're by your power and strength and by your spirit, you would help us to guard and grow our hearts and our relationships to a whole new level. God, we love you, and we thank you for your grace in our lives. It gives us a new tomorrow, no matter what our day looked like yesterday. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.